The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get Roman.com slash SGP. Get you $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win a million dollars. That's right, a million bucks. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest in prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam and use the promo code SGP to get 5% off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody. As I like to say from time to time, if developments warrant, we come in with a new Big Fight Weekend podcast, even though... We have lots to preview for later in the in the week with fights in the ring, et cetera, et cetera. We have developments outside of it of the heavyweight variety. And whenever the heavyweights are coming around and it's big enough news, we're going to be here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host of the show. I have enlisted guests, including senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. He's back. Marquise Johns, Week Sauce Radio. How are you feeling, sir, as we as we get ready to go down the rabbit hole, if you will, of Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, fight no fight, judge, judge ruling, what the world's going on. How you feeling, Week Sauce? Pretty good, TJ. And as you always know, when news breaks, we try to fix it. Yes. Uh, film at 11. Uh, okay. <laughs> also with us, Carlos Toro of Carlos Toro Media, who is a great friend of the podcast of the Big Fight Weekend website. I said, man, we got to get some more perspective on this. So Carlos hops on uh, with us uh, as we're on the heels of the arbitrator's ruling that says the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury uh, fight is back on. Carlos, how you feeling? You ready to you ready to put on a legal hat, a fight fan hat, and any other hat we need? I'm ready to put on any hat that's needed, and there is never a dull moment in the world of boxing, especially on a Monday night. There is never a dull moment in the sport. <laughs> Yeah, we can't ever rely on anything being normal. The only thing is, is that it's abnormal. All right, so if we've got legal situations, we got to go to somebody that knows the law. And who better than our buddy Dan Lust, who is uh, a great legal mind with the Garagos Law Firm. He's been on with us before on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And we must have done something right because he wants to come back on uh, to hear, help <laughs> us straighten out what's going on. We didn't shy him away. Dan Lust, good to have you here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Thank you for hopping on to help do some legalese with us. Good to be here. I'm just here to make sure you guys don't get in trouble. The unlicensed practice of law could be a crime in some states. So take a legal hats. I'll put it on for you. Please do all of the legal work. And, and if we need an injunction between each other before this is over with, I'm, I'm consulting you. Um, all right. So let's begin 
uh, with Dan, who has the expertise here. What we have, first of all, we had an announcement from Tyson Fury that finally, after weeks of speculation, he's saying on Sunday, I am agreeing to the fight with Anthony Joshua, the long-rumored undisputed heavyweight title fight. All right, so right on the heels of that off of Sunday, we knew that the arbitrator's ruling was coming on Deontay Wilder wanting a third fight with Fury before the Fury-Joshua fight can happen. So that ruling, coincidentally, ironically, comically, whatever adverb you want to use, comes on Monday, and the judge, and I hope I get the name right, I'll pronounce it both ways, Daniel Weinstein or Daniel Weinstein is the former federal judge who was the arbitrator in this case. He has ruled in favor of Deontay Wilder. Media reports are out there. He has ruled in favor of Wilder and says the contract for a third fight for the rematch clause is enforceable. All right, I serve it up to Dan Lust. Please fill in the blanks on the legalese and what all of this means at present from what we know. Go, my friend. So, number one, I'm confident it's Weinstein. I've never heard the pronunciation Weinstein. So that one's my, my <laughs> non-legal pronunciation on it. Um, so, number two, I think what's important, um, we're dealing with a couple of issues here, right? It's, it's contract law, first and foremost. So the reason we had the, uh, you know, um, I guess the reason we had this arbitration in the first place, July 15th was supposed to be the third rematch between the two fighters. And I guess there was a 90-day provision in that contract which allowed the uh, rematch to potentially take place in October of 2020. So mm -hmm. what happened was there was an injury. They pushed that back and they were supposed to fight. I guess this third fight was supposed to be in December. And then there was some college football issues, some television deals. So then the issue came up, right? At what point does this rematch, uh, this clause go on for? So Fury side was saying, hey, this clause is supposed to expire in October. And I don't have to extend any negotiations beyond this October date into November, December, and into 2021. So the arbitrator was basically deciding uh, at what point is this rematch clause valid, right? And maybe there were some force majeure concerns into the pandemic pushing back, but that's really what was on the table. Is this rematch clause valid? Does it extend into perpetuity? Or is there a hard cutoff, be it in October or, or some date after that? And that's what Fury said was really arguing. All right. Very good on explaining that. And there's obviously a couple of other factors with this as well. One, the COVID-19 pandemic that shut down all of sports basically for about 90 days, factored into delaying the rematch. And then the delays continued on can they have fans? Could they have fans last fall, last winter for this fight? Carlos Toro, as you're, you're our guest here on the podcast as well with Dan, as Marquise and I hang out here every week. Pick up on that point. That was a big factor in delaying this and delaying this. And then eventually, as Dan relayed, the Fury side with his two promoters, Bob Arum of Top Rank, Frank Warren of Queensbury Promotions, basically threw their hands up and said, we're going to walk away because of the delays. Get, fill in again a little more on that and give me your take. So when it comes to the, especially moving forward to the Fury versus Joshua negotiations, you have to go and understand that Throughout this entire deal, the quote-unquote progress or whatever optimism that was being expressed came from the side of Anthony Joshua and promoter Eddie Hearn. While even though we would have loved to have seen that fight happen, because of that, because of the arbitration, because of what was going on behind the scenes, you always kind of got the sense that the Fury side wasn't entirely too confident that the fight uh, with Joshua was going to happen, whether or not all sides agreed to everything. It all really depended on what the ruling was going to be. And that was always going to play a factor regardless of what was going to happen. 
obviously you can be optimistic and hope that everything's going to happen for Fear and Joshua to be made. But when it comes to obviously what's happened, obviously it's not not super set in stone. There's always the possibility that maybe Wilder and Fury can work at some type of step aside deal. But at this point, if Wilder has been spending so much time, so many resources on getting this to happen, it really wouldn't make much sense for Fear, for Wilder to just sort of turn a complete 180 and just say, all right, well, I'm allowing uh, Fury and Wilder uh, and Joshua to fight, then I'll just fight the winner. Because, I mean, right now, it's not about money. Wilder more than enough money to you know, set up for life, set his children up for life. It's all about Wilder wanting that contractually obligated third fight that he wanted, that he wanted and he requested immediately after he lost last year. So, Right now, you have to think that Wilder versus Fury 3 is the fight that is most likely going to happen. So for Fury, I don't think it's really that much of an issue going through that third fight. Obviously, he wanted to fight Anthony Joshua, but it's now becoming to a point where even if uh, this fight wasn't going, uh, the fight between Wilder and Fury wasn't going to be ruled in favor of Wilder, Fury wanted to just have something going for a fight. And there was a lot of, and there was a lot of back and forth, the progress, the it's varying degrees of success. So right now you have to think that unless something miraculous happens, Fury versus Wilder 3 is the way to go for at least for this summer or late summer or whenever uh, this fight is supposed to happen. According to reports, the ruling is, so, is that the fight has to take place by September 15th. Interesting. That's the voice of Carlos Toro, Carlos Toro Media on social media and also carlostoromedia.com. You also heard the voice of Dan Lust of the Garagos Law Firm. We love his legal insight. Uh, find him at Sports Law Lust on social media. Love that name. Sports Law Lust. Wake Sauce Radio is where we find Marquise Johns. All right. You've been tweeting about this. We've been talking about it a bunch, Marquise that both Fury and Wilder were guaranteed, guaranteed much the same way as Dan, Law, Dan Lust's uh, appearance fees to come on podcast. They were both guaranteed $30 <laughs> million each. Uh, we'll be getting that $30 million to both Carlos and Dan Lust, the, the same way we guarantee to our guests. It's 30, in the post. 30, Holding you to that. Yeah, $30 million each is the guarantee for the third fight. And so all of this talk that Deontay Wilder might move aside Marquise, pick up on on that point off the arbitrator's ruling. Go ahead. Yeah, TJ, because when you go to court to have a person honor a contract back, you're just going to take money. You'd be like, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm just going to take the step aside money, which, by the way, guys, as we all know, isn't there yet in Saudi Arabia. So we're, we're getting this third fight with Fury and Wilder. And a lot of this is just all semantics, to be honest with you. The one thing that I was concerned with, TJ, and I hate to say this, man. I'm going to have to find some new material now because for weeks on the podcast, I was joking about Tyson Fury and Ajit Cable now. And obviously, that fights out the, out the window now. So we're going to get Fury and Wilder. But the one thing with uh, the arbitration hearing that I thought was interesting with the whole step aside thing that people keep talking about where it's like, <clears throat> where are they getting this money from? We were, we were waiting for months upon months for Joshua Fury because of money. Like, all of a sudden, they're just going to have this, this Brinks truck from Saudi Arabia just back up for Deontay Wilder to show and up? And so that we're clear, typically, if a fighter is, is being paid to step aside, it might be half a million. It might be a million. It might be a couple million. Maybe they would, theor- they would theoretically have to pay Deontay Wilder $30 million extra, above and beyond, to move out of the way and have this mega fight. 
don't see it on that point. Dan Lust, give us some more insight here because everybody's scouring around on the Monday that we're taping this, depending on when they're hearing the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And again, I remind you, uh, subscribe to this podcast because that's the quickest way you get it. You got an automatic notification if you were a subscriber that we had a new one. So subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're coming your way as we're taping on Monday night, uh, the 17th of May, fresh off the news of this arbitrator's apparent ruling uh, so that's why we're early on in the weekend and the news is big enough. Dan, give us some insight that arbitrators' rulings uh, are not generally common knowledge. It's tough to get them. Pick up the trail for us from a legal standpoint. Yeah, I, I guess a couple of things. And where, where the arguments kind of lie, right? If there's a discussion of uh, you know uh, a 90-day provision on this uh, July rematch date and extend it till October, the question is, right, is someone just lying? Does that actually exist, this 90-day provision, this 90-day window until October? Um, you know, I, I mentioned it very quickly. This force majeure concept, right, and, and TJ, you mentioned it. If fans couldn't have been in place, maybe that was a reason not to have the fight. So we don't know uh, as of today, as we sit here Monday, the, the reasoning of that decision. And there's, you know, potentially, um, you know, st- some reason why that decision wouldn't want to be floated out there. We'll see if it makes its way out. So that said, um, you know, a judge can take a couple of months to come up with the decision. I know just dating back till December, uh, you know, this arbitration was in the works. I'm not sure exactly when the hearing was held. I don't know if that's public at this point. But what people still need to keep in mind, um, just like in a court of law, you can appeal a decision. And just, just because a, a trial court, which is usually the lowest court, is usually a trial court, an appellate court, and then the highest court, a third court, um, just because you lose at one level by no means means that you have to kind of go forward the next day. There's a lengthy process of appeals. Now, with an arbitrator, it's a little bit different. Um, most parties, like 90 percent of the time, the losing party will just voluntarily go go with the decision and they'll pay up or they'll do whatever the arbitrator said that they had to do. Um, but if Fury and, you know, you might have 30 million reasons to to fight this and not and not want to necessarily go along with, with the Wilder rematch. He might force Wilder to go to court and confirm the arbitration award, which does take a lot of time and takes legal fees. Or Fury might get ahead of it and file a motion with the court to vacate the arbitrator's decision. So we don't know what happened at this arbitration. Usually to vacate and, and disturb an arbitrator's award, there's very few things uh, that could have occurred. But if there's fraud, if the uh, judge interpreted the decision the wrong way, um, TJ, I, I meant to mention, right, this is Daniel Weinstein is no no slouch. Went to Stanford undergrad, Harvard Law School, been a judge for many years. So this is a it's, it's a very pristine arbitrator. We'll say it's not some guy they pulled off the streets. So keep it, yeah, <laughs> not, not one eight hundred find a judge. It was not it no. was not that. It was no, not he, that. he's been a judge for for many years over in California. So this is a, this is a big decision. I'm sure he took his time with it. So yeah, uh, just just keep in mind though. Um, actually, I have a question for you guys, and and I know you guys are the experts here. I, I'm seeing numbers online ranging in the step aside fee anywhere between 8 million and 80 million. I know the 80 million was uh, later uh, turned out to be false, but it, why isn't the step aside just a pure $30 million, right? You why does Wilder ask for that? Well, I guess it's arbitrary in one way, but Carlos, do you have a quick theory on why it would be, le- it cannot be less. I mean, if I'm Deontay Wilder and I'm even entertaining it, I'm not entertaining it for less than what's in the contract, which apparently is a 30 million guarantee. Carlos, an opinion? So it really does, it, it is arbitrary, obviously, the step-aside fee, it depends on the circumstances, the fighter, the fight, and the and the whole shebang when it comes to the negotiations, what the sanctioning bodies uh, previously ordered. So obviously, this is going to be, a, this is a special case, because obviously, it's extremely rare for a fighter of Wilder's statue and for a fight this big 
to be dealing with a step aside fee. So, I mean, it's hard to imagine a step, a step aside fee for $30 million, especially in a pandemic when it's hard to make these big fights and do it in a profitable sense. So it's, so it, I think from a business and from a financial sense, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't exactly be the smartest thing to do, in my opinion, to do, to go and try and negotiate at least $30 million. And who's to say that Wilder would even accept $30 million? He could, he could say, I want 40, I want 50 million. I mean, Joshua Fair and enough. Fury were set to make at least $75 million if we were to consider and take into account the reported 150 million plus that the site fee in Saudi Arabia was going to take. So it really does depend. Wilder could just as easily put himself, you say that he wants an absurd amount of money that would make it impossible for them to say, all right, we'll, we'll try and step aside. And so right now it's in some regards, Wilder does have a lot of leverage as far as what Fury and his camp can do. So the step aside could be 30 million. It could be 70 million. It could be 3 million. So, but I don't think that a step aside fee or a step aside negotiation would be something that Wilder would entertain a whole lot. And I'll pick up on that point and serve it right up to Marquise just real quick here as we cruise along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. My belief, I think you're in agreement with me here, was forget about the step-aside fee. If he didn't get this enforced and didn't get the third fight now, he may never get a third fight with Tyson Fury again. That's been my point all along. Marquise, pick up on that, please. Yeah, TJ, it's pretty much been that because uh, Wilder's held this belt for over five years, and we've heard the stories ad nauseum, guys, about Dillian White being the long-reigning WBC mandatory challenger, blah, 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 not really thing. So I can see Wilder not wanting to wait, and wait his turn for another title shot, considering he had, he had this belt for over five years and wants his rematch called to be enforced on this contract here. So I really think it's more of that. And this whole step-aside thing is I'm just under the, the camp, guys, that the money in Saudi Arabia is not there, so they can't step aside any money that's not to spend. So it could be $75 million, It could be $80 million, It could be $125 million, whatever, whatever wacky number you guys have been reading about and hearing about, they ain't got it, so they can't give it to Deontay to, fight, to make him go away. So Good point. We are. Good point on that. And so that we clarify this one more time, Dan, because this is why we have you here. Again, Dan Lust with the Garagos Law Firm. They, they had mediation, which is not a legal proceeding. It's essentially like, as I like to liken it to, it's like marriage counseling, where you're trying to get the two sides to agree without the court. The mediation didn't work. So then they followed the contract. What does the contract say? The contract says arbitration. They went before an arbitrator that both sides agreed on, right, Dan? Both sides agreed to this arbitrator. They agreed that his ruling was going to be the ruling they abided by. They both presented their case. So in terms of the court, so that we're clear, this is this, this is a similar thing to a court ruling. And you said maybe even than the lower court. It may be a little higher than the lower court here with an arbitrator that both sides agreed to. Dan, what about it? Uh yeah, yes and no. So I, it's funny. I have an arbitration on the 27th, so I have one coming up. So usually, you know, there's a list. Each side comes up with five arbitrators. The other side comes up with five. And then you meet somewhere in the middle. You, you, you prioritize which one you want. So this, by all means, is someone that both sides agree to or in a kind of double-blind test, they ended up with them in their priority rankings. So I, I will say this. It's not necessarily akin to a court because an arbitrator has no independent legal power. In order to enforce an arbitrator's decision, you still need to go to a court and get their approval on it. And that's assuming that someone is trying to violate it and not going with it. But, uh, you know, binding arbitration is binding arbitration. If you go and, and which, you know, Wilder can do, go to a court, 
get their stamp of approval on it, confirm the arbitration award. Then if you don't abide by that, and there's all sorts of uh, issues for you know being in contempt of a court order, you could get someone for, for breach of a court order. Um, but until you have it really as a court order, there's not really much you can do, but it's very, it's pretty, uh, pretty well, we'll say uh, for form to go to a court and get a stamp of approval on it. Now, uh, I, I just mentioned it for time purposes because I know Fury has gone back to training um, I know there is an issue with uh, timing that Fury hasn't been in the ring in a while. There's a chance that the title could be potentially vacated because of the amount of time he's been out of a boxing ring. So yeah, this, this is not necessarily over, but we'll see. I mean, it's, it's odd that we haven't seen the arbitrator's decision yet. You would think that would have come out um, a little bit of the reasoning. But yeah, th this is by no means over. Uh, let's see what Fury does. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I'm reading the comments to you guys. I, I think part of Fury's uh, unwillingness to fight while there was some weird comments that he made, some politically oriented comments. So I don't know if that's all it is. Maybe you can let bygones be bygones. But, um, you know, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. Okay, just to clarify on what you're talking about, Wilder accused Fury of hitting him with a foreign object in the head, accused him publicly, accused him on video, uh, made up a myriad of excuses as to why he lost. It was Wilder's first professional loss. Obviously, Fury was 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 furious uh, at the comments, said, I'm never going to fight the guy again. A lot of that is hype back and forth. But obviously, Fury saw bigger dollar signs in fighting Anthony Joshua in a mega fight, two Brits fighting for 70 or 80 million or whatever they could get for the undisputed title. Joshua has avoided fighting Deontay Wilder. Fury was going to get that fight. He saw bigger dollar signs. And now we have the arbitrators uh, ruling. So, again, it is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. We need to pause here with Marquise Johns, Carlos Toro, and Dan Lust for a moment. When we come back, we'll go around the room one more time. Predictions on what we think might happen next as we continue. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're also brought to you in part by Roman. Look, nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes. It's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are also options. You can go to GetRoman.com SGP and find out more about ED. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional works with you, finds out the best treatment. If medication is appropriate, it'll ship out to you for free with two-day shipping. You get started by simply going to GetRoman.com SGP and get an online visit set up. Again, go to GetRoman.com SGP now. Get $15 off your first month. There's no straightforward way to take care of ED, but if you go to GetRoman.com SGP, you can get started now and save $15 off your first month of treatment with Roman. And we're brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their fantasy best ball tournaments, which are some of the best around, including Best Ball Mania 2, that tournament going on right now with your shot at a million dollars. 
Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlayed player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. And they have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament right now for your chance at a million dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. And we're brought to you in part by Odds Jam. If you're a sharp better, you need to sign up with Odds Jam as Odds Jam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player props. And Odds Jam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of the line at two different shops and make a guaranteed profit. And Odds Jam will also tailor itself to whatever betting market that you're currently in. As they like to say, dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Find out more, sign up, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam. Use our promo code SGP and get 5% off. Again, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash oddsjam, and our promo code SGP saves you 5% with oddsjam. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Back in one final time here on a special edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. A reminder again, however you found a social media link through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. They do a great job promoting us. Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, etc. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., because the podcast comes automatically to you. And in this case, we're coming for a special podcast. We're typically out on Fridays previewing the weekend of fights in the preview mode. Here we are talking the Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua saga. As I like to say, this has had more than a week of the young and the restless trying to figure out what's going on for weeks and months. And the latest is an arbitrator, a former federal judge, has ruled in favor of Deontay Wilder, that the contract for the rematch with Tyson Fury from last year is enforceable. And what will happen next? We will find out uh, what the case is uh, with that. All right, so back one more time. Uh, Carlos Toro, to you. We're going to play the prediction game. Give me a quick take. What do you think happens here? Carlos Toro Media, one of our guests here on board on the podcast. Give me the prediction. What do you think What do you think next? Right now, I... I... I'd be hard pressed to believe anything other than, well, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder are probably going to have their trilogy fight somewhere, maybe in the coming months, obviously before September 15, which is what the reported ruling is. And obviously, as Dan said earlier, this is not over. There's still a lot that still needs to be ironed down. There's still a lot to sort of wait for. But I think for Fury and Wilder right now, that's kind of my prediction where it's going for Anthony Joshua. I'd be hard. I also be hard pressed to think that he wouldn't take a fight that isn't Alexander Usyk. Usyk is Joshua's WBO mandatory challenger. Uh, Joshua has been going through the mandatory carousel in his this second title round. He just came out of the fight against Kubrat Pulev, who was his IBF mandatory. So right now, if we were to sort of play the guessing game for me, Wilder Fury three and Joshua versus Usyk for each of these guys next. And the Wilder Fury fight is easier to make in the United States where we're much more open with the COVID-19 guidelines and the vaccine and being able to have fans there for it to come late this summer, August, September, whenever you want to have it. Uh, Dan Lust, you are our guest 
here. Give me a prediction on a fight fan angle, legal angle, whatever you like. What do you think happens next with all the knowledge you have, especially from the legal standpoint? Yeah, I'm going to go with Carlos. I think we see Wilder Fury number three, but I, I think it would be, uh, you know, as much as Wilder has a leverage here after the arbitrator's decision, um, you know, I think Fury, right, he's, he's the winner, right? He's the, he's the, at the top of the boxing world at this point. It's possible he could try to negotiate a rematch clause within that, right? So if he loses to Wilder, Maybe he wants a, another fight on the table, which would kind of cloud uh, the schedule of boxing for the future. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. So I, don't, I guess my prediction is I don't, I don't know if we necessarily see Joshua versus Fury uh, as the next fight uh, on, Fury's, uh, on Fury's card. But we'll see. Stra again, stranger things have happened, and I think we were looking forward to see our, our Joshua fight. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, you know, I think you both Fury and Wilder haven't been in a boxing ring in, in, in some time. I think over a year, year and year and change at this point. So correct. Yeah, I think Fury holds a little bit of leverage to the extent that he might want to get a rematch clause, uh, you know, in there as well. All right, and again, they've been out of the ring for 15 months, both Fury and Wilder, since February of last year. Joshua, as Carlos mentioned, at least fought in December and won. He's been more recent. Marquise, one thing we have not covered, address this. The WBC, which is of all the organizations, it's the most prestigious. That's the belt that's on the line here. Mm -hmm. And they play a role here, too, because if Deontay Wilder has this ruling and goes to court and gets the rubber stamp like Dan Lust is talking about, the WBC could say to Tyson Fury, you're fighting Deontay Wilder or you're no longer the WBC world champ. You can go fight Anthony Joshua if you want, but you're not fighting him for undisputed because you're not our champion. That's a huge leverage part of this. Pick up on it, please. That, that's a good point, TJ. Also, as well with Anthony Joshua, now that pretty much he's kind of the odd man out of all of this, he's going to have to fight Alexander Usyk at this point, or he's going to be losing that WBO portion of the belt with the same issue because he's been strong on that fight for about two and a half years now. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't with that whole thing. I really do think, like as much as Carlos and Dan have been saying, we're, we're getting we're getting Water Fury three guys. It's it, it's it's already on paper. It's already written out numbers wise. It's already it's already planned out. I'm trying to figure out, TJ, why hasn't this fight already been planned for? Uh, Allegiant Stadium already, but instead in of Las Vegas, we just saw on that point, we just saw the Canelo Alvarez fight at AT&T Stadium in Dallas and Carlos is nodding along and Dan Lust is nodding along. They had 73,000 people there. And I realize Las Vegas is not wide open like Texas. Nevada is not right now. But by July, by August, they might be much more open, 50%, 75%. And if you're in that big football stadium, you could easily have thirty or 40,000 fans go there for that fight. Uh, so, again, I, I think for all of the, the blather from Eddie Hearn about trying to make this fight, he couldn't pull it off, couldn't figure it out. The clock was ticking on the arbitration. And in the end, you're likely going to end up with Anthony Joshua fighting someone else while Fury and Wilder uh, here will fight each other for a third time. And important, what the arbitrator is ruling is the contract you guys signed is enforceable. You're fighting once more. It's not a new contract. And this is Dan's point. This is where he's in the law. It's not a new contract that has another rematch clause. And I wonder, quick opinion, Dan and Marquise, uh, uh, from a boxing standpoint, I wonder if, the, if both fighters don't look at it as, I don't want another rematch. I want the win. And then I want Anthony Joshua next, whether that's Fury or whether that's Wilder. I don't want a fourth fight before I get a shot at Anthony Joshua by winning. Marquise, quick opinion on that point? 
Yeah, TJ, I really think uh, they, both these guys want to face Anthony Joshua before he runs out of here. And I really do think with all is said and done that we're, we're, we're only going to get uh, three Wilder Fury fights. Does Wilder have a better shot? Does it go around? We'll find out. But I really do think out of what is all said and done, TJ, the, the winner out of all of this, either way, is Tyson Fury. He, he can't lose. He has a big time fight either way he goes. I think that's a good point on that one. I think we got to get out of here on that note. Uh, my thanks to all of our guests, Carlos Toro, Carlos Toro Media. Read him there on the website and on social media. Dan Lust does a great job whenever we call upon him. It is Sports Law Lust on social media, and it's the Conduct Detrimental Podcast, right? Get a plug in for the Conduct Detrimental Podcast, if you would, please. Yes, we cover all areas of, um, of sports and law. If you're a horse racing fan, the, the Bob Baffert saga, as we'll say, is very big. Um, also, the Deshaun Watson, uh, we'll say insanity at this point. Uh, but we uh, every every week, there's always a fun story at the intersection of sports and law. And guys, we had a big one with this arbitration decision. So I'm happy, uh, happy you guys uh, called me on. Yeah, so again, we want everybody to follow you. Great legal insight. He's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, and again, he's with the Garagos Law Firm. And again, find Carlos Toro, Carlos Toro Media. Marquise Johns, we're going to keep writing about this and talking about this on the BigFightWeekend.com website, on the podcast, et cetera, with whatever happens next. And like you said, Tyson Fury can't lose on getting paid and fighting somebody either way. And the fact that we can have a bunch of fans in the United States and they can't figure out what's going on in the UK, Europe, the Middle East right now, that lends me to believe we're getting Wilder Fury maybe in the Vegas Allegiant Stadium or somewhere with a bunch of fans this summer. One more time, Marquise. Absolutely, DJ. BigFightWeekend.com, your source for all boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep you updated on this when, when that fight's official, when Top Rank and PBC will grudgingly be friends again. Looking forward to that all over again as well. And uh, anything else that's coming up with this uh, Wilder Fury stuff? I'm more intrigued, TJ, honestly. Anthony Joshua's got to find an actual body. Kubet Pulov's not coming through that door. So we'll see if it, if, it, if it becomes Usyk again. Yeah, Usyk is the WBO mandatory challenger, and that's probably what's going to have to happen next. While they wait, we'll wait and see. Gentlemen, thank you. Great job, Carlos Toro, Dan Lust, and Marquis Shads. We thank you for listening to us and finding us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Again, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows where we are. Thank you to them again for promoting us on sportsgamblingpodcast.com and through their podcast feed uh, where we come out. We're back later in the week at the time that we're taping this. We've got the huge 140-pound Ramirez-Taylor undisputed title fight in Las Vegas for this weekend and much more to preview later in the week. You've been listening to a special Big Fight Weekend podcast on the whole saga with Wilder, Fury, and Anthony Joshua. I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks for being with us. Read the site, bigfightweekend.com as well. Bye. <laughs>